0: Universities have been severely impacted by the coronavirus and economic recession. Administrators and educators are charting unprecedented territory in almost every realm of the college experience, particularly admissions and student life. Students and their parents are anxious with uncertainty and concern if there will ever be a return to normal. With new developments happening every week, It's overwhelming for parents and students to keep track of it all. Here to help is Dr. Barry Norman. Dr. Norman, a former college admissions officer at Barnard College and Columbia University, is the co-founder of Expert Admissions, a counseling service for students seeking admission to college and graduate school. She's advised thousands of students on the undergraduate and graduate application process. Dr. Norman is deeply knowledgeable about the ever-shifting landscape of the college application process and is committed to helping all students realize their potential, especially now during these COVID times. Dr. Norman, welcome
1: to the Mighty Mommy podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, let's get started with this great conversation about our kids returning to college or, or even starting as freshmen. First of all, sending a freshman off to college can be overwhelming for parents, but with this pandemic, the anxieties that families are facing are multiplied. With that said, let's start with our universities, and I know there's so many of them, there's hundreds and hundreds of them, but what plans do universities have for returning students this year?
1: Well, you're right. It's varied, so it depends on the school, so you need to check school to school, but the most common plan at this time is sort of this hybrid model where some or all of students have been welcomed back to campus on a residential basis, meaning they can live in the dorms or nearby housing. And then the classes themselves, we have either fully online So they're doing all their classes remotely, though able to live and hang out on campus and have that residential experience, or a mix where some classes are being held in person, typically the smaller ones, and then larger lecture halls and larger meeting classes happening remotely. Well, for the kids that are
0: used to the college experience, at the end of last year when they were leaving, they had to kind of quickly shift gears. But those that were used to the regular college experience
1: How can these students best prepare for this new reality? You know, for those students, in many ways, it's the hardest because they know what they're missing. So freshmen who are coming in had sort of a dream sequence of what freshman year was going to look like. And that certainly has been disrupted but for the kids who have already been there and had that magic, you know, that happens on a college campus, there's an extra layer of disappointment and and really grief in what they're missing out on. And for some of those students, they're allowed back on campus. But for so many of them, they've actually been kept out of the cohort that colleges have welcomed back, giving preference to first year students in particular And then we'll give preference to seniors, particularly in the spring, so they can have their last semester in graduation. So it depends if you're able to get to campus or not, which will depend on the school that you attend. If you can get to campus, I think students are just honestly relieved to be there, even though it's going to feel so different. They'd much rather socially distance with their friends on campus than to do so at home separate from everybody. And remote learning, I think, was a bad experience for just about everybody. And so to get away from that, I think, is, is a big relief. But for the students who have to stay home for another at least semester, and be away from their friends and learn remotely, I think it's it 's going to be a really tough time and i 've talked to students of mine about it who are already enrolled and we 've talked about therapy and we 've talked about ways to feel connected and ways to build new connections with professors and classmates and you know for all of us it 's just kind of this new world you sum that up nicely, and I was thinking
0: about that with I have
1: eight kids and i I have kids
0: in college right now, so the freshmen, which was going to be my next question to you, the incoming freshmen, they are probably going to get a little bit of preferential treatment, would you say, because they're new to campus and they're, I don't want to say they're going to get baby, but they're going to be called along because they haven't had their college experience yet. And then again, the seniors are on the other end of the spectrum because they want to finish off strong. So what about the freshmen? Should they have a plan B? Do you, do you have any suggestions for families on that?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. So at the beginning of the pandemic, there was sort of this knee-jerk reaction that in entering freshmen, were going to take a gap year because who would want to start college like this? And I think at the time there was a feeling that certainly I don't think any of us thought this was going to last to the extent that it has. And when the reality set in that if you didn't go to campus, you were going to be sitting at home socially distancing with your parents again, like <laughs> outside of what you're, you know, think you can do, nobody can travel, nobody's getting this great job. And so then going to campus in this very awkward way didn't seem like such a bad option. I mean, it's not the ideal option, but it was certainly the better of the two. In terms of a plan B, you have to make a decision if you're going to go to campus or not. And I think you have to more so just be open to the possibility that you may not be there for the whole semester. You know, you'll be sent home and have to just finish remotely. So I think more than a plan B, students need to have decided what they're doing, given what things look like and wherever they live or wherever they're going to for college. But plan B kind of needs to be this openness to uncertainty and to flexibility. Uh, depending on what happens once kids actually make it onto campus.
0: We as parents are going to really have to roll with that flexibility as well, because in our minds, our children are leaving to go back to campus or to start fresh. If they get there and say mid-October, if they say it's going to all be remote, everybody's going to have an open mind, I would think.
1: Absolutely. And it also depends on where your child's living. So if they're living in dorms, they may just be sent away. If they're living somewhere off campus, and we saw this even in the spring, there were students when campuses closed who stayed in their off-campus apartments with their friends or if they were living independently and didn't necessarily go home and wrote it out near campus with friends. And so it really depends on the living situation in a lot of ways. But no matter what, the name of the game is going to be flexibility. And as parents, we have to put on our best game face and sort of roll with the punches. And then you go in your closet and cry. And then you come (laughs) back out.
0: Yes, that's good. Well, we're good at that. It's the poker face
1: once again. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, I am in this situation. Many parents, we have high school seniors that would normally be embarking on this exciting journey on finding the right fit for college next year. But the pandemic has obviously changed these procedures as well. So even with my own son, uh, what do you recommend for families in regards to college tours? Is virtual the best bet at this point? And if that's the case, how can we make the most of a virtual campus tour?
1: Virtual tours are the name of the game at this point. That's kind of your best bet and you can guarantee that no matter what, that will be available to you. So some campuses have their own virtual tours. There are some companies that do them. You visit is a, a tour company, a virtual tour company that a lot of my students find to be especially good and helpful because obviously not all virtual tours are equal. Excuse you maybe, oh, can I just interrupt? What is that called? You visit? You visit. Yep, Y-O-U visit. Okay, thank Um, you. Yes, students can get a lot from a virtual tour, especially a sense, of course, of the physical space. But even a 3D tour feels two-dimensional, and there are limits to what it can do. So I think a virtual tour, at the very least, is what students should do, almost as as a starting point. When we could even get on campus, when it was sort of the good old days, The best thing that you could do when you were on a tour is to hang out a little bit longer, go into the student center, certainly observe, which we can't do now, but go into the student center, observe, and also grab a student or two here or there and talk to a real kid because the information you get from an admissions office is certainly helpful and instructive, but it's part of a big marketing machine and it's being presented to you in a very particular way. If you talk to a regular student, they're going to give you the brutal truth. They're going to be brutally honest. And some of the things that they might complain about might be no big deal to you. And some of the things that they mention may be deal breakers for you. So in this environment, in addition to a virtual tour, it's crucial to reach out to current students. And so use your network either through your high school or your family or friend network. If you know people who are current students at a school you're interested in, ask your counselor um, there's also been some wonderful resources that have popped up if you Google some student resources um, where students across the country have offered and volunteered to be a contact for people they don't know because they know they can't get to campus. Oh, there's that's amazing! Excellent. Yeah, this amazing crowdsourced um, document that is online that students can access. So if you kind of find yourself, I don't know anybody, I don't have any resources that there are like these wonderful strangers who have been uh, willing to help. And so I think talking to students is always crucial, but I think even more helpful. And then a the last thing I would say is that pretty much every admissions office and also every school is active on social media, and particularly on Instagram, on stories, um, certainly in their feed, but especially on stories. They have a ton of interactive content where you can get the vibe from students, where they do lives, where you can interact. And there are also formal virtual programs that colleges have pivoted to in the absence of open houses and things like that. So there's a lot of opportunity to connect and get a vibe in the absence of traditional visits. And there also are several colleges, believe it or not, that are holding regular tours, although maybe smaller in smaller numbers or by reservation and or slightly modified. But there are schools that are doing tours still. You know,
0: even after this pandemic, I can see where the virtual, the way they're expanding on virtual tours and things, that will probably stay as part of the whole college experience now. Then you can see a lot more schools than you normally would have the opportunity to.
1: Absolutely. Or at least it can save you some visits that you may realize, hey, you know what, it doesn't make sense to do. And colleges have been forced to to kind of grow up uh, digitally in a way that it would have probably taken them, you know, years to get to, but they were forced kind of to do it on the fly and they've invested more time and resources into it. And so their offerings are a lot better. And you can actually, in this environment, it's much easier to connect directly with an admissions officer because they're really out there and available online through these virtual programs. Whereas before, they were traveling all around the country and they were very hard to get in touch with or to really connect personally to. And that can be meaningful in a search as well.
0: Oh, that's very helpful. Well, let's talk about the testing, the SATs and the ACT. I know my son, who's a senior or going to be a senior, He's tried to take the SATs two or three times now, and it's just not happening. So due to this coronavirus, how is this going to impact the college application process?
1: Yeah, the testing situation, unfortunately, is a mess. And in part, that's been due to just things things out of our control. It's really been so, so tough on kids. The one... Good thing is that colleges have been truly responsive, um, to the situation. So we have now over 50% of the colleges in the United States that are test optional for fall 2020 to 21. And that is an enormous relief for students who are unable to test. I would encourage students not to think of it as a free pass for testing. If you can test and if you can prepare, it would benefit you to give it a try and to see if you can submit scores. But many students just simply can't test. It's not available. Testing centers are canceled and closed, and it's not an option. And there are some things in the college process where the colleges say they're recommended, but it's sort of code for required. This really isn't the case. Um, students are unable to test. And if that's the case for you, then you can go forward and apply test optional, knowing that your application will be given equal consideration.
0: For me, as a parent, and for all the listeners, that's very encouraging. Dr. Norman. I'd love to talk a little bit now about how this pandemic is affecting the financial side of things when it comes to applying to college. What's changed regarding college admissions criteria? And will there be like more scholarships available because of the pandemic? Or what should students look for when it comes to the financial aid part of their decision with this
1: pandemic in play? You know, the financial piece is always the biggest piece for most families. This has definitely made things even more complex for a variety of reasons. Colleges are under enormous financial stress because of the pandemic, both in terms of lower international enrollment, higher expenses relating to the pandemic, all the PPE they have to purchase, all of the consultants they have to hire to reconfigure campus, all the supplies they have to purchase to reconfigure campus and all the training and technology they need for the faculty and the technology they need to purchase. So they have rising expenses, lowering revenues, and they also have a lot ahead of them as well. So how financial aid will be affected is still to be seen. One thing that's worth mentioning is you really should look very closely for students who are looking to be considered for merit aid which is the financial aid that is not based on need. So if your family might not qualify for aid or might not qualify for as much aid as you need, uh, you can look for merit aid at colleges, which is also money you don't need to give back, but that's awarded based on some academic or athletic talent, for instance. Now, a lot of the test optional policies, if you read the fine print, will say that their scores are still required for merit scholarships. So if this is something that you're considering, be sure to really look closely at the testing policy and whether or not it impacts scholarships. As far as financial aid, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some financial aid budgets go down. We'll see, obviously, the wealthier colleges. We're going to see some increases and some resources diverted there. But it's really going to be a school-by-school policy. And students will also find themselves in very different situations because of the way that colleges already prepare packages. Some colleges, as we know, gap, meaning they say you have a certain need, they meet a certain amount of it, and then there's a gap that you're required to fill on your own. Um, And so we're going to, I think we're going to see a bit more of that, just again, because of the precarious position that many colleges are going to find themselves in
0: Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nuh-uh. Hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew. Grab two. Fresh flowers just because? Hmm. Sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get shipped same-day delivery. Shipped Start a 30-day free
1: trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.
0: Students having to do probably a lot more distance learning again this year. Do you think that the tuition, is that's going to affect tuition or it's probably going to maintain the way it always was because professors are still preparing lessons
1: and all of that? What we're seeing so far is there's been a relatively small number of schools lower tuition as a result of going online. We've seen a couple of colleges, George Washington University comes to mind, Princeton University comes to mind, where they, in those instances, both did a 10% reduction in tuition. But they're really the exception, not the rule. And while students and families feel there should be a reduction in tuition because they're getting, in their mind, this sort of subpar experience... And colleges have been quick to say that the fall is going to be better than the spring because they will have planned for it as opposed to what happened, the sort of crisis response that was happening in the spring, but I think the public understandably is skeptical, um, a, that it's going to be that much better and certainly that it could ever compare to the in-person experience. And so people see less value in it, but as you mentioned, they still have to pay faculty. They also have invested, as I said before, an enormous amount of money in technology and training. And so colleges are trying to reconcile, um, what to do both from their own, you know, budgetary perspective and then what their consumers, what the families are expecting. So we haven't heard too much in the way of tuition discounts, but we have heard a little bit. And it will be interesting to see if, if more colleges follow suit. Do you have some
0: tangible tips for parents and you know, even the students to help make this transition as easy and new normal as possible?
1: I think it really does go back to sort of your attitude and how you approach it this is an imperfect situation to put it mildly. But if you've chosen to go to campus, you're doing so under different conditions and you have to embrace it, you know, and I'm a New Yorker and we were wearing masks months and months and months ago. And I was kind of angry and annoyed by it at the beginning. And then now I just kind of put my mask on and I go outside and I go out and do my business. I think you have to do the same thing here. So if you're going to campus and you know that masks are required, some colleges have come down really, really hard and said that there's going to be pretty significant disciplinary action if you host a party of more than X number of people, um, if you don't wear masks in public places. So, you know, you have to go in and understand the environment that your college has created. Some have, you know, like I said, had harsher punishments. Some have not quite been specific, but just say, it's the new rule, but you're really entering into a social contract of sorts. And so if you can enter that and say, listen, this is what the situation is going to be. It's definitely different, but you can still have fun. You can still learn. You can still have a great experience and you're going to make bonds with people going through this crazy time as freshmen together or, you know, what even if you're an upperclassman, then I think you know, your your child is going into it at least positively. It doesn't mean that we're we're not saying what's actually happening or that we're making it as if this is all just so great, but you can go in and say, hey, at least you can get to campus and let's make the best of it, or you can go in kind of grumbling and kind of being critical of every last thing that's being done. And I think if you send your kid off with a good attitude and with a supply of masks and whatever they need to stay safe, um, and most importantly, like hopefully with good judgment, because like any college experience, there'll be plenty of opportunities to make a good or a bad decision, but hopefully give them the tools to make good choices once they're there. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the kids, as long as they can stay open. And as long as people do adhere to whatever the social contract is, I think that students actually can have a pretty cool experience. It's not the old experience, you know, but I think that they can create bonds and they can have fun and they can learn and they can create a community and all the things that we hope that they can have, but just under extraordinarily unusual circumstances. So I think attitude is really the key. I
0: was just going to say it really is. And I think if parents get behind this and can be cheerleading and not selling it, but really encouraging their students that it's okay. It's going to be a different experience, but you're still getting to go to college, and you're still going to meet new friends. I find it exciting. It's it's different, but it's exciting.
1: Yeah, I uh, mean, listen. You can be realistic, and you but you don't have to sugarcoat. But you also don't have to be negative. I think you know. Listen, you can send them with all the PPE and you know Clorox wipes and whatever <laughs> you they need, right? But if you send them off with a bad attitude about it, it doesn't matter that you've given them the sort of physical supplies to, you know, what they need to do. But if you send them off with that attitude of sort of like, yeah, this is different, but you can handle it and we're going to make the best of it. And you know what? We're going to try and kind of reclaim this experience that's been taken away from you to an extent. You know, so you acknowledge what's been lost, but you also acknowledge that, you know, there's also stuff to be gained. And I do think, you know, when you talk to people who were in college in really tumultuous times, whether you talk to people who were on very – activist campuses in the late 1960s. If you talk up to the Tulane students who were there after Katrina, their campus closed for a semester for public health reasons. They were thrown out of their campus like in a minute and and thrown all over the country. And it was super disruptive. But if you talk to people who were there, it, it was such a community building special time. And Tulane emerged from that to this day so much stronger and with such a stronger community, even though it was ripped apart at the seams and people were, you know, all over the country and not together. And I think there's like a, just a tremendous lesson to be learned from the responses of students and campuses who have gone through tough times before. Dr. Norman,
0: thank you so much for joining me today. This information has been so helpful and certainly very timely as we begin to navigate the back to school and back to college process. If my listeners would like to learn more information from
1: you, where can they find you? You can go to our website, which is expertadmissions dot com and admissions is plural. We have a blog and we do a weekly roundup of all different college admissions and college stories. And actually, one of the recent ones was a link to a great webinar that Tulane alumni did who had gone through college as freshmen and as upperclassmen in the wake of Katrina. And they were giving advice to incoming students on how to handle entering college in the midst of such disruption. And so you can even find that link on our blog. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Whether you're a
0: morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley.